0: This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join.
1: Focus in on how what you're doing will change someone's life for the better.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about
0: Thanks to Everlane for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash dreamjob. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. Also, thanks to Skillshare. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free at skillshare.com dreamjob2. We're also supported by FabFitFun. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use coupon code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I don't know if you saw it, but I've been playing some ukulele just for fun, just to do something once in a while that's not for any other reason other than just to enjoy a moment of life and do something that makes my heart smile. So I posted a video of me playing Let It Be and... I was just reflecting on how important it is to let it be sometimes, to trust the process. Sometimes I get so wound up because I want certainty on something or I want to do something when in fact there are times where the answer is to wait or not to do. And sometimes the whole thing is learning to let it be. So I just feel like once in a while we all need a reminder to just trust the process and know that We want things to happen immediately and we want to, you know, see everything come together. But sometimes things are changing and it is all sort of happening. It just might be subtle but powerful at the same time. Every year, I'm always craving like that perfect holiday feeling, the one that you see in those Christmas movies. I never had that growing up, and I've tried to make new traditions with my family, but it hasn't been perfect. I think as much as people want you to think they're having the best holidays, there's more pain than we realize. And this year, my expectations are amplified because it's our 10-year wedding anniversary this coming Friday, and I want everything to feel so magical. So I asked my kids, what do you want to do for winter break? And they said, let's go to New York City. I think they've watched Home Alone one too many times. So i planned a trip and we're going to be in new york and um i'm excited and we're actually going to be doing a book signing it was super last minute but this beautiful bookstore Watchung booksellers in montclair new jersey is going to have us so we will be there um december 29th at 4 p.m and uh if you're going to be in the area i would love to see you come on over. We'll put a link in the show notes. Of course, it's a free event, but because space is limited, we'd love you to RSVP on the Eventbrite. So I'll put that link in the show notes. And you can also find that link in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. There will be Q&A, there'll be some great discussion, and I'll make time for hugs and selfies. So if you're going to be in that area, I'd love to see you. And as we continue to go through the year, I'm sure we'll add more book signings and more cities. So just stay tuned for that today's episode is really inspiring. We have an amazing woman on. Her name is Allie Worthington. She's a business coach, author, podcaster, and consultant. You may have heard her own podcast, The Allie Worthington Show. She's chatted with guests like Ruth Sukup, Jordan Lee Dooley, Michael Hyatt. And on the show, she also helps listeners with their questions about business, faith, life, all those good things. You might also be familiar with her awesome books like Breaking Busy, Fierce Faith, and The Year of Living Happy. And she has another book coming out next year. Stay tuned because she drops us a little sneak peek of that in this episode. Allie has been on the Today Show, Good Morning America so much going on. And I absolutely love her and her story, how she's built this beautiful life for her, for her family, and helped so many other women in business and in their own lives. I can't wait for you guys to hear all of this. So we're going to dive in. We recorded this also on video on Zoom. So if you want to see the full interview, there's a link to that in the show notes as well. Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Allie Worthington. Hey, Allie. Thanks for joining me. Hey, I'm thrilled
1: to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: this is so cool. You do so many great things. You're coaching women. You're helping people grow a business that feels fulfilling and exciting. You've written books. You have an awesome podcast. So can you take us back and tell us a little bit about how you even came to be doing all of this work?
1: Sure. Way back in 2006, I had an idea to write a book. So I went home to my dial-up Wi-Fi and I said, how do you get a book deal? And the answer was, well, (laughs) you have to be famous, infamous, or well-connected. I wasn't any of those things, right?
0: Well, then the uh next
1: Google search result was if you start a blog, you can prove that people care about what you have to say. So I blogged for a couple of years and then right as the economy was going downhill because of real estate and the housing market, my husband lost his job. I was a stay-at-home mom to five kids, five boys, youngest, four weeks old. We go through all of our savings, the next job doesn't come, we're living in this big giant home that we couldn't afford, and we realize we have to move because our home is being foreclosed on. Everything we owned, we let go except what fit into two tiny pods storage units.
0: This is the beginning of, I mean, it feels horrible. So much.
1: It was horrible. We went and stayed with my grandfather for a summer while my husband was interviewing for more jobs. He didn't have any cell service at his house. So we would drive to the McDonald's Playland to let my sons play in the ball pit. I would buy like French fries and ice cream cones so we wouldn't get kicked out. So I could, my husband would use the Wi Fi to apply for jobs. And I would use the Wi Fi to Google how do you make money on the internet. Because I knew he would get another job, but I knew oh my God. he can't depend on it. So I was like, whatever happens in the future, I'm going to figure out how to make money so we don't ever lose everything again. And I just Googled and Googled and Googled and Googled how to make money, how to start a business, how do you do it? And I fell in love with the fact that the internet opens up doors of opportunity for women that our mother's generation, our grandmother's <laughs> generation could have even imagined. And I was like, oh, there is, there is nothing stopping me now. I'm going for it. So my husband finally gets another job. I get a little bit of runway for a couple of years to build the business. And four years later, from the, from the McDonald's Playland days, he's retired and is now a stay home dad. And I'm the breadwinner. All thanks oh to Google gosh. and a little hard work. Wow. I mean,
0: it sounds like a Herculean event, like that you were able to not only get resourceful and scrappy and start to do stuff, but just to have the emotional wherewithal to persevere through that. Where does that fight in you come from? And where does that ability to keep your head above water come from?
1: I think at the time it was, I have to make sure everyone's okay. I'm a mom. And these kids are depending on me, and I'll figure out how I feel about it later. I'm an Enneagram 7, if anyone knows Enneagram. So I'm happy just to keep pushing forward, and I'll deal with my feelings later. As soon as we got to a place where we were stable, I immediately put myself in counseling because I was like, whatever trauma I have been through in the past two years, I need to deal with it so it doesn't come out in an unhealthy way. Still, I'm in counseling. I believe everybody should be in therapy in one way or another. I agree with that it's just like, that's the biggest investment that we can make on ourselves. But it was one of those pull up yourself by your bootstraps and figure out how to get it done. So literally everything doesn't fall apart for the family.
0: Amazing. I mean, it really, I don't even think the word amazing does it justice. So everyone's dying to know what happened. How did you do it?
1: Well, luckily I had been blogging for a couple of years. So I had a large network of people and it's that network of relationships that when it was time for me to pivot and figure out how to actually make money, they were the people who came around me. They were the people who had the opportunities and had the resources and had the ideas. The first thing I did was I launched a women's business conference with a woman that I met on Twitter. And there was another women's business conference, kind of a writing conference, blogging conference that was coming. I live in Nashville, coming to Nashville. So she DMs me on Twitter and says, Hey, I have this client who wants to host a cocktail party after this conference. You're the person in Nashville. Do you want to be the hostess? And I was like, Why not? I don't know what I'm doing. So then the conference cancels. I guess, I don't know, they couldn't sell tickets or sponsorships, whatever. So she calls me and she goes, Oh, the conference canceled. And I said, Well, why don't you contact your sponsor that was paying for the cocktail party? Find out if they'll pay for the day. Everyone's already coming to town. Why don't we host it? And she said, okay. So I Googled how to arrange a conference. I had never been to one, Mm -hmm. but there was enough information on Google. And I had met enough people on the internet through the years who had been to conferences or spoken at conferences. Has anyone been to a conference? They could tell me what to do. I've literally never been to one. So we meet, my partner and I, the night before our first conference, and it no was run down ratty in a restaurant at a hotel next to the airport in Nashville. It was not bougie at all. So didn't make any money the first year, didn't make any money the second year, made a ton of money that third year. So I think sometimes when we want to figure out how we start a business and how we build We have to go, oh, well, I didn't make money in six months. Or I want to get a book published in 12 months. It takes a long time. My first book, I'm just turning in book number four's manuscript right now. My first book, it was 10 years to the month I had the idea to write a book. It takes a long time. We are so comfortable going to college for four years and spending all this money on college and then working at at a low entry position for a few years. And we're fine with it. But when we're starting our own business, we're always shocked that it takes a little while.
0: Yeah. I think that's because we are feeling deep down, like it's probably not going to work out. And the unknown is so difficult to sit with. And so we don't want to look stupid and we don't want to look foolish any longer than we have to. So we just decide, we're like, oh, it's not going to work. you know? It's
1: not going to work. So I'm out.
0: So what was it eventually that made the conference take off
1: and become successful? The community. The first (laughs) two years, we kept it purposefully small because we wanted to protect the culture. We said that no one could be a jerk and no one could cry in the bathroom. We wanted to create a culture that was open and affirming enough that everybody felt welcome. So we were willing the first couple of years to keep it small and keep it pretty close knit. So as it scaled and grew in the future, we could control that culture. One thing we did in year three is we created community leaders. So we would give people free passes to come to the conference train them to make sure that they could cast vision for culture and share the culture of the event so we could scale to larger numbers.
0: Wow. This is really, really cool what you're saying. This is really, really important. Yeah. I think because what what we're finding more and more is that what helps people get results, what helps people get what they're looking for in a product, in an experience is the connectivity of it. And they want to feel That someone sees them and they are rooted in something bigger than themselves. Right. And yeah, it really comes down to making people feel seen, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And community is everything. So as I'm building community and working to build the conference through the years, it was the beginning of the great startup boom. So I would build a website and then sell it and build another business and sell it. So I would would create a magazine and then sell it because as people were coming online, they wanted to scoop up existing properties or I would create an ebook and learn how to make money that way. And just basically anything Google taught me was a great business model in the beginning. I did it. A lot of it failed. I would say 90% of it failed, but the 10% that was successful, it really hit.
0: So what were the few that were really successful? Like the I created benchmarks.
1: an online magazine called Blissfully Domestic, which is funny because I'm not domestic at all, but I knew that a large percentage of women wanted to know about home decorating and fashion and all those things that I didn't really care about, but I knew it would be a great business model. So I built that up for a few years and sold it to a group of entrepreneurs. So you
0: built some businesses and that was really successful and then you moved into coaching. How did you move into coaching?
1: So many women wanted it. So many women needed it. And for the first year, I was uncomfortable going, hey, I'm somebody just six years ago was learning how to do this. But I realized in those years, as I was only six or seven years into my business career, (laughs) I only needed to be a few steps ahead of people. That makes sense. So let's get into the heart of it. Yeah.
0: You've now been coaching and you really see sort of like what gets in our way. Tell us about why we're not getting what we want.
1: Well, there, I think there's two main groups of women that I, I think of that I coach when I think of what the obstacles are for women who are going from the corporate world to start their own business or in their first few years of starting their business, a hundred percent what holds us all back is can this really work? Right can I do this? Am I cut out for this? I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like you mentioned earlier, am I going to look foolish? And we have now a glut of hype for women to go out and start their business. We have whole conferences devoted to hyping women up and getting them excited. And yeah, you can do it and you can do whatever you want to do, but without giving the same women tools and steps. And if you want to do this, one, two, three, if you want to do this, one, two, three, I think that that ends up hurting women because we have right now this hype machine to go be a boss babe and be a boss lady, but without giving women foundational business principles and taking them every step of the way, helping them get over the mindset issues and the obstacles. And, And what happens is women have been hyped up, but then when they don't have the foundation to build their business where they want it to go, they end up not being as successful as they want to and not blaming the accurate assessment that they didn't get the tools that they needed, but blaming themselves as if something was wrong with them.
0: It's so true. This conversation is so good, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. I love how the winter season brings out all these fun celebrations with the lights and the holiday songs. But what's also great about this time of year is that the 2019 FabFitFun winter box is on sale now. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and tech products sent straight to your doorstep each season. Each box is customized to your specific interests you get the seasonal must-haves that you need. The winter box is the perfect way to treat yourself or others and get yourself ready for the holiday season with their carefully curated box of products. FabFitFun fun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for forty nine ninety nine, but always has a value of over $200. Save money on quality, full-size products today. These deals don't last long. I love what I got in my box. There was actually a Jonathan Adler candle in there. It literally smells like being at the ocean. I also got a coffee scrub and a really pretty rose gold bracelet that I wear all the time. They also have tons of other items that you can choose to customize your box, like makeup palettes, skin and hair products, cozy slippers, so many cool options. Definitely, check it out, use coupon code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. That's coupon code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. Would you buy a t-shirt for $50 if you knew it only cost $7 to make? Probably not. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups. They want you to know what you're paying for and why, so they tell you the real cost and are radically transparent about every step in their process, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. You can have a wardrobe that looks better, lasts longer, and costs 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. I really like their cotton crew t-shirt. It's versatile, simple, stylish, and made from really high-quality materials. I also love their grade A cashmere sweater. The material is really soft, and it's perfect for layering in during this fall weather. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash dreamjob. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash dreamjob, everlane.com slash dreamjob. I love that you just laid it out that way because I've been to those conferences over the years and I know what it feels like to leave and you're all pumped up and you feel like 20 feet tall. And then about three and a half days later, you wake up and go, oh crap. So So I would like you to help give us your perspective because you are such a fountain of knowledge. What are some of those few takeaways and few steps that you think are absolutely primary?
1: Okay, the most important and the one that everyone says it sucks to do it and they don't want to do it so people don't do it is validate your idea. Nobody wants to do it because we get excited about our idea and we're like, this is the most brilliant, amazing idea ever. I'm going to start a business where I go to zoos and paint elephant toenails. Well, that's great, but is there a market for people to personally pedicure an elephant's toenail? Maybe not. Let's test it.
0: Maybe not.
1: Maybe not. Just say it. I mean, all <laughs> of our ideas, if we could just get some data on it, it would change our life. Like I mentioned before, I'm just turning in book number four. You better believe that we went through six months of testing to get a book title. We're on week eight of figuring out a cover. And as soon as we have three good options, it's going out to thousands of people. The book title went out to like 50,000 people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 50,000. If you're listening and you're like, I only have 500 people on my email list. Don't worry because generally the p- percentages aren't going to change after about a hundred people. Right, Kathy? True. It is yeah. true. Yeah. If you get a hundred people, you know what everybody's going to say.
0: That's true. And you know, what's amazing, Allie, is that, so I come from the songwriting world. I was a songwriter and my big aha was that I had a client and that instead of writing songs, I should actually approach the client, the person choosing music for NBC or this ad agency who's dealing with Walmart or McDonald's. And I should say, hey, what story are you guys telling this year in the campaign? And oh, that's fascinating. It's all about women empowerment this year. Thank you so much. Like that was the big aha. Now, in order to do that, I had to have the courage to do the outreach. And then the second thing I had to do is I had to get over myself and I think a lot of times this sort of um, becomes our biggest limiting belief, which looks something like this. Well, the reason I'm not going to do that is because I want to be really true to myself, and everyone's told me to just be who I am, and so if I'm successful only because I listen to what other people want, then I'm really selling out, so what I'm going to do then is either do nothing, or I'll work for someone else, and then on the side, I'll just have a hobby where I never have to think about what other people want from me, but I'm being true to myself and I learned that actually I could be so much more true to myself by having empathy and finding a way to do something I love that also has a purpose in the world and I've never looked back but I want to talk about those two things do you see those two things come up for people and if you do how do you help them through that every day
3: Every yeah.
1: day. Yeah. The first one, being afraid to get feedback is huge. One thing I will I will work with clients on is if they, like I had this one client who basically lived out in the middle of nowhere and she wanted to create a dog grooming, like a, a really fancy one, grooming and kennel and loves dogs. And I said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call 10 owners of facilities just like this and just have a conversation with them. I and guarantee like, they no will They'll like to talk to you. Yeah. Just call them, say, hey, what do you love about it? What do you wish you knew? Just have a conversation. And she got done. She was like, that would have been terrible because she hadn't gotten feedback on it. Now, sometimes people will want to start a business and I'll give them that job. Just call people and talk to them. I will go, this is great. I know what pitfalls to avoid. I know what to do first. Little things like that make all the difference. If you have an email list, an email list is amazing because people will tell you, what they want and what they don't want. Clients come to me all the time and go, I think I'm going to create this course next year. I think I'm going to create this product. And I say, great. Email your list and ask people if they're interested in it and if they would pay for it. They go, why would I do that? Why would I do that?
3: They're
1: like, because you need to Because it's everything? Yeah. Um, So it's, it's as simple as picking up the phone and calling people who are doing what you want to do because generally people like to talk about it. And there's always a worry, well, what if, what if I call an owner of a business who's in my same field? We'll call somebody in a different state. Yeah. People at their heart are generally good and friendly. And if you want to have a conversation with people, people will make time. So that's good. Email's good. And then I have also used um, online services to get data. There's a website called PickFu, P-I-C-K-F-U, which is a funny title. Um, But you can pay, I think, $50 and get 50 people, random people. It can be all women. It can be a mixture of people. No way.
0: That is so valuable.
1: And I'll just do like titles or subtitles or all sorts of things I use PickFu for. Yeah, really handy. So that's the getting data part. And the second part what was the second part? I can't remember. I was so excited about data.
0: The second part was how people sometimes struggle with taking in the data. Like they don't necessarily want to feel like they're oh, making yes. something that you want because they want to be an artist.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And if people are into the Enneagram, that's a big Enneagram four thing because the fours are individualist and they're the artists. I will often help people with this just by sharing my experiences. So for my first book, it's called Breaking Busy. And I wanted to write a book about women's identity and worth and how we hold ourselves back. And halfway through the writing process, I was under contract. My editor at the publishing house said, it's pretty boring and it doesn't have a good hook and we're going to have to give this book a hook or nobody's going to read it. Yeah. And so that was the moment for me. I could either go, oh, this is my vision and I don't think you understand me. Or I could go, do I care if anyone actually reads this and and do I want to help them? And because I know so much about productivity and busyness, I worked in everything that I wanted to say about identity and self-worth, but I worked it under the big umbrella of busyness and productivity and making sure that we're not driving ourselves crazy. So I still got my message out there. I just had to like, I had to put the broccoli inside of a cake.
0: Oh my God. I always say it's like zucchini muffins. I love (laughs) this. This is so good. And what you just said. Do I really care if people actually read this? And do I really want to help?
1: One of my best friends in the world is a terrific writer, terrific writer. And she had a dream to write. She started her blog, I think, in 2005 Mm -hmm. with the purpose of getting a book deal. And she still hasn't written that book because she's afraid that if she gets the book deal, people will give too much input and too much direction as to how she creates her art. But it's been 14 years since she decided oh boy. she was going to ride it. And so sometimes we have to go, do we want to do this? Because if we are going to do this and we're going to share it with the world, we are going to have to make it accessible for the world to want it. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect. And a lot of times it'll be even better. But I think some of it comes down to humility. I know I've talked a lot about writing, but for me as a creative, this is the best example I can give when I was first pitching with my agent to get the first book deal, we had five different houses say, she's great. We want to work with her. Let's go. And this one house, this one editor said, she's okay. She's a good teacher. She's not a good storyteller. I've reworked her book proposal to make it a stronger book. And I think we could get her a coach to teach her how to tell stories. Yeah. And my agent told me this and I said, Oh, I don't think they understand my vision. I don't think they understand. I said, go back to the other houses and see if there's any, if the other houses say I need work, I need help. She said, no, all the other houses said you're great. And I said, okay, the scary lady who didn't really like what I did, but reworked it for me and told me that I have a lot to learn. That's my publisher. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to humble ourselves and go, yes, we have vision. We want to create art. Yeah but maybe we're not as good as we think we are yet. And we need people around us that are smarter and are going to kick our butts and make sure they can take our work to the next level.
0: Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day and she said, there's a difference between nice and kind. And she 100%. said, we've really lost kindness. Like people are afraid to tell people the truth and really she and it gives me chills. She goes, think about the times in your life where someone was willing to really be kind to you, right? And to tell you in a respectful way the truth. And that moment, I don't know why I feel like it could bring tears to my eyes because it's just so powerful, but she said, think about those moments how that person could save your life. If it's a relationship and the person says, "Listen, I've been really trying to make this work, but we're not a fit." Or you're applying for a job or you're working at a job and someone says to you, "This is your zone of excellence, but it's not your genius." Yeah. And I didn't know how to tell you that, but I care so much about you. I want to see you thriving and you got to stop playing small. You don't belong here. So you're right. It takes humility. And I think trusting the process and trusting that you're going to be led to some other word, which is not just humility, but service.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, are we here to serve or what? You know, exactly. It's, we're not just doing this. If we're doing this for us, it would be a hobby and nobody else would ever see it. And I think it takes people who love you who will speak truth when it's easier just to flatter you. But sometimes we have to just pay people to be truthful. It's why I've, I just finished book four, but I still have a book coach because I'll send him a chapter and then he'll read it and then we'll get on the phone. And he'll go, yeah, the way you ended that chapter was really trite. You want to try that again? And I'm, oh, we have to have inputs from people who have experience and have wisdom and are willing to not be nice, but to be kind to us because it's for our best interest.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much good stuff. But before we keep going, we're just gonna take a quick ad break. We can create so much possibility in our lives when we stay thirsty to learn. That's why I think Skillshare is awesome. Skillshare is an online learning community for the creator and all of us, providing thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills like design, productivity, and so much more. It's super convenient. Classes are on demand so you can learn at your own pace so you can join a class and create something you love. You know, I'm always trying to get you to reconnect with that childlike creativity and one of the skillshare classes that really helps me do that is their watercolor painting class. It's so freeing to just let myself get messy and not worry about doing something perfectly and to do it just to do it. Usually I find that when I'm in the state of unfiltered creation, I get new ideas that I can bring back to the podcast or my business. It helps me feel like a better human being and a more relaxed present person. It's such a valuable exercise. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get 2 months free when you sign up at skillshare.com/ DreamJob2. 2. That's two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2 to sign up. That's Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. I want to go back into the data, if you don't mind, because oh, I love it. Yeah, very few people come on this show and really have the goods to back up that they can help you with tools. Everyone's like, of course I got tools, but let's keep talking about your mindset. And let's keep talking about prayer and all that, which is like, oh boy, is that important? Just like it's important for you to breathe in and out and like take a shower, obviously. And then it comes a point where you're like, I've listened to Allie's podcast 15 times. I've got Kathy on my you know, replay and I'm ready to get some steps in motion and no one can tell you anything. So let's go into some of the steps. We talked about validating the idea mm-hmm. and I want to talk about that a little more. But before we do, what would be the other thing that you would say? Okay. So you validate the idea, you get some feedback, you find out that people are interested and it's slightly different you had in mind you were going to put out 12 flavors of cupcakes and you found out you were just going with these like uh i'm making this up alcohol flavors you know you're doing like the Jack because for some reason that really was it and you're going to like drill down and now that's your niche and that's what you're doing what do you do next how do you get your first client how do you get your first dollar in the door
1: well, this is, kind of, oh, this is kind of a sub part of that one, but it's really important and I want to talk about it. Being able to answer the question, why should I care? Because I think for so many of us as business owners or people who are starting a project or a service, we've gone, okay, this is what I'm going to make. I've validated my idea, but we can't actually verbalize to anybody what's great about our product or service or why anybody should care and what's in it for them. So when people, so you will go, I have this great whiskey flavored ice cream. Okay, great. Tell me about it. It's great. It's great. We need to be able to know what it's kind of like, how it's different, why it's better, how it's going to make you feel. We need to be able to cast a vision for people of how it's going to transform their life if they use the product, Mm -hmm. which sounds really hype filled if you're making whiskey flavored ice cream, but it, it, you just have to watch an Apple commercial. Yeah. Any Apple commercial isn't about the product. The products are amazing. The Apple commercial is about what your life is going to be like and how you're going to feel when you have it. So yeah. you need to be able to say to people why they should care. And that's how you get your first client. You go out and tell people about it and you hype up your whiskey ice cream. Yeah, This is why it's so great. This is why it's the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. You start giving it away as much as you can. You get people hooked and then they pay for it. That would be the simple way. Yeah. You got to go tell people what you're doing. You got to go tell people what you're offering and you got to tell them why they should care. That's the key. And I think sometimes we will build something and we think, you know, like field of dreams. If we build it, they'll come. They're not coming. You got to go door to door and talk to people. You got to call people on the phone and tell them what you have. You got to do Facebook ads. You got to do free things. You got to give so much away at the beginning for the hope that someone will hire you in the future. I mean, i that's how I started my coaching business beyond all the people that came to me. So I, I served all the people that came to me and I knew it was time to scale it. And I started offering free coaching calls. And if I couldn't change somebody's business and give them something that was gonna make them a ton of money in 20 minutes, no worries, they got a free call. But almost every time I was able to go, well, what if you did this? And how about you start doing X, Y, and Z? And people automatically went, can I hire you? So it takes a while, it's time intensive to get anything off the ground, whether it's a product or a service, but our job, once we've collected the data, once we've tested it, once we've been able to cast a story and a vision around it, is to just buckle down and start telling people what we have and why they should care, yeah, why it matters quiet. to them.
0: And it's so simple, it's like, tell people about it. I know this to be true, that that's been my advantage, that's my trump card, is that I'm willing to do that outreach, right? Which then gets me data really quickly much faster, right? Um, And a lot of people will spend the time like noodling around on their about page on their website for the next six weeks, but they will not make that first phone call to tell anybody. And then sometimes you can convince them to go get data, but then even when they know they have something great, what then comes up is who am I to now charge someone for this? Oh God, I feel like I'm going to throw up. It's not worth it. I'm not cut out for this. So how do we step into that in a graceful, empowered way where we can start to receive that money for what we're doing in
1: return? Well, I'm the queen of being practical. So I will push back on clients and just say, well, how much would you pay for it? And whatever you feel comfortable paying for it, you feel comfortable with. So go ask for it. And when you don't have, especially if it's a service, when you've billed this much for your service and you don't have any more time left then start raising your prices and go step by step by step. Yeah. Um, also, I could go on a rant about all these people trying to help people create luxury brands.
0: Why do you have such a strong opinion about that?
1: Because what happens is the average person with no business acumen comes into a course and goes, I'm going to learn how to have a luxury brand and I'm going to serve two people a year and charge tens of thousands of dollars and it's going to be amazing. Right. That makes me crazy because so much goes into having a luxury brand to be able to charge top prices. Generally, you have to work up to it.
0: Right. And now let's talk about the opposite extreme that that I see even more often, which is people charging way too little for whatever it is they're doing. And it's like, oh, I'll just charge as little as possible so I can be as tiny as possible so I don't make anyone uncomfortable. And clearly that's also not
1: you. Oh, 100% now. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, I, I believe the easiest way to get over that, that obstacle, that kind of mental block is charge what you feel comfortable with at first. When you don't have any more time, raise your prices by 25%, fill up that amount of time that you can work with people, raise your prices by another 25%. And eventually you're going to hit that kind of luxury level and you're going to charge what you're worth, but you work up to it. And you will look back and a couple of years ago, I can't believe that I ever did that for X amount. But if you do it bit by bit where you feel comfortable, it allows you to kind of earn your stripes, get a ton of experience and raise your prices in a way that you feel comfortable with. Yeah.
0: Real quick. Tell us about your podcast and tell us about your newest book, where we can find you and what do you really feel like you're wanting to share with this podcast? And then let's talk about the book in a second.
1: Sure, sure. Um, my show is the Ellie Worthington Show and I interview people for about 30 minutes and then I do coaching time at the end. So people send that. in questions. Oh, thank you. And it just allows me, again, I think my my purpose, my calling in this season of life is to help as many women as I can. So I take in questions, find the questions that I think a lot of women are dealing with and then just coach people through it for the rest of the show. That's awesome. Yeah, and then I've done three books, Fierce Faith, Breaking Busy in the Year of Living Happy. The next one, I haven't announced it yet, but I will announce the title to y'all. It's called Standing Strong. Beautiful. And it's a woman's guide to overcoming self-doubt and living with confidence. And it comes out September, 2020. Awesome. So, so forever so, from now.
0: Well, but- yeah, no, but that's really, really exciting. Tell us one thing real fast, since we did such good work on sort of some of the practical things to start to think about in, in building the business itself. What's one thing that helps us overcome our self-doubt?
1: Ooh, that's a really good one. Focusing in on how what you're doing, whether it's a product or a service, on how what you're doing will change someone's life for the better. If you focus in on how you're going to transform someone's life, maybe you're just making women feel more beautiful or healthy or building their businesses. If you focus in on that person and how they have a problem that you can solve, they have something in their life that you can make better, Then it helps us to get over ourselves because we're focused on the result that we bring people, not just that we want to do something or feel called to do something. We know that we're going to help someone.
0: I think that that makes a lot of sense. Put the emphasis on like the service, you know. But I think what also happens is that people don't have clarity really deep down that they're going to be able to do it. Like even when people are legitimately great at things, they'll say, I don't know. I mean, I felt the same way. Who am I to start a podcast? Who am I to write a book? And I kind of had to push through that. So what do you say when they're coming up against that? Like, well, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't feel like what I have to do is so great or so brilliant. And everyone said to them, no, no, it's amazing. And that's why you're in this moment. And no, oh, I don't really feel like
1: I'm not great. You will fail if you take yourself out of the game. All you got to do to get over the feelings that you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not going to be successful is every day, take a step and keep going. Because In this game, in the business world, in the creative world, as long as every day you keep taking steps to get to where you want to go and you invest in yourself and you learn and you hone your craft and your skills, and you keep telling people what you have to offer, you're going to be successful. The only way you're guaranteed not to be successful and not to reach your dreams is if you take yourself out of the running. And that's what women do every day. We take ourselves out of the game before we ever get a chance to play because of insecurity. Yeah. So if we go every day, I'm just going to wake up and take another step toward where I want to go, we're going to be successful. I love it. Tell us where we can find you. I am Allie Worthington, A L L I all over the internet. Awesome.
0: You're so great, Allie. I wish you continued success. You deserve it.
1: Well, thank you, friend. Same to you. You are killing it. Well done. Thank you. So sweet.
0: Oh my gosh. Allie, so great. So great. Here are the takeaways. Number one, you only have to be a few steps ahead of someone else to help them. Number two, validate your idea, pick up the phone, email your list, get the data. Number three, put the broccoli inside of a cake. You can serve your people and still get your message out there. Number four, we need input from the wise people around us who are willing to be kind, kick our butts, and take our work to the next level. Number five, you must be able to answer the question, why should I care? Tell your audience what's in it for them. How is your thing different? How will it make them feel? How will it transform their life? Number six, do it bit by bit. Get a ton of experience and earn your stripes. Number seven, focus on how what you're doing will change someone else's life for the better. And number eight, you will fail if you take yourself out of the game. So take a step every day and keep going. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know it's a super busy time of year. I do not take it for granted that you tuned in. I just want to send you a lot of love. I know that this time of year can be all the feelings, and I just want you to know I love you, I care about you, and you're doing great. Please pull over to the side of your life and be kind to yourself this year. If you give anybody a gift please make sure to include yourself on that list and be extra kind to yourself. We have some special episodes planned for the new year. So much good stuff is coming down the pipe. So if you haven't already subscribed, please do. Obviously, that's free. And if you love this episode or any other episode, please tell someone about it. Let them know which episode has inspired you. If there's many episodes, just tell them to subscribe, to listen to the show. Maybe it'll inspire them also to go pursue their life's work. I do feel like that is something we all deserve. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine. If you're going to be in the New York area, please RSVP. Let me know if you can meet me in Montclair, New Jersey, December 29th at 4 p.m. I would love to see you and give you a hug. And it's a free event, just RSVP because space is limited. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.